0: Well, what is up, everybody? Shit. Well, it is a Wednesday here in uh, Los Angeles. A sad day for the comedy scene here. Um, But the passing of the definitely the queen of the West Coast comedy, Mitzi Shore. So I thought I'd spend today, at least at the beginning, just telling you about like my experience with getting to the comedy store and, you know, I don't know when Mitzi stopped going in to showcase people, but I was still there, man. I, I was, I showcased for, did not pass the first time. I don't know anybody who did. What? made you work for it, man. Best part, man. Comedy's not easy. Here we go. Yeah, everybody. Um, sad news about Mitzi. I mean I know her health has not been uh, had not been good as of late and, and um, I'm not going to pretend to know any of the ins and outs about what's going on in the family or you know how long she's been this sick uh, uh, but I will say you know her influence cannot I don't know if it can be measured man and and the way she ran the store and and the respect she had and the love she had for comedy and comedians was apparent mostly by who the comics were who have come out of the store comic comics 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 come out of there you know what i mean like the great like the it's pretty amazing it, it had the best thing about the comedy store is it almost feels like the gym. You know what I mean? Like the eats golds on Venice. That's where all the fucking Arnold and Ferrigno and whoever else the fuck is, a famous bodybuilder, those people. That's the comedy store. It's that gym. You know, and and um Wow When I first started And it's different than it is now. It's cyclical. When I first got to town, the comedy store was a dark place, man. You know, and it goes through, like, every place. It goes through its ups and downs. And I would tell you, not too long ago, I know, I think, that they had even talked about selling the store. It's cyclical, you know? Um, but it's back. It's back strong. It's sold out every fucking night of the week. With just amazing. When you go down there, especially as a comic, I'm like, holy fuck! Don't get captured by Run the Jewels. Um, but I thought I'd tell you. So when I show what used to have to happen is right, and I forget it was three. If it was three minutes or five minutes that you showcased with her. Um. And I remember I was really nervous and this is a time when I was, you know, had the three little kids in the apartment and, um, and I did not pass the first time. And here's how you could tell if you were going to get passed. You, she sat in this chair and you showcased and someone would tell you, you know, Mitzi, wants to see you. Or she would just wave you over with her finger. And, you know, to get that wave or to be told that Mitzi wanted to talk to you was just so amazing. It was because you know that if you got passed at the store, you fucking earned that. I don't know anybody who passed the first time. I think I passed on the third time. I know some guys have showcased for her five times, seven times, never passed. I don't think Dane Cook has ever been passed at the comedy store. I'll tell you the truth. I don't know if his name's on the wall, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't been passed. There are a lot of, there are some big name people who've never been passed there. And I don't even know if Dane ever showcased. I'm just saying, like, to perform at the comedy store, you can't just be somebody. You gotta have been passed there. You gotta get the okay. And um, so I did my three minutes, and she calls me over and she goes, hey. And I was like, hey, Mitzi, very nice to see you. And she goes, you're very funny. And I said, thank you. And she said, <laughs> and you're handsome like a young Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that. It's one of my favorite things that me and Joe Diaz laugh about. You're handsome like a young Steve Gutenberg. And I was like, oh, thank you. Um,. And then she said, How would you like to work the door? Which at the time, not knowing, I I thought was an insult. I thought she was telling me I wasn't as good and I wasn't. But that I was just I was good enough to work the door. And what I learned after just a couple nights of working the door is that she put people at the door that she liked. Because she wanted you to watch and learn. She figured if you were at the comedy gym where uh, Arnold and Farigno were throwing jokes around and you watched the best, you could only get better. Right? If you watched people do it in, you know, 15, 16 guys a night, or guys and girls, I'm sorry, uh, a night, and uh, all doing it different ways, you learn. You learn, you watch, you learn, you observe. It was it was like going to to school oh. Prince, kiss. Getting funky up in this bitch today. Um She made you learn. Um And I always remember, you know, some nights, especially back then, there were you could always hang out and get a fallout because people just didn't show up. That doesn't happen now. There's no not showing up now, but, and I, you know, if you were there and you'd been passed and you were working the door, you were first up. I remember one weekend George Carlin was working out a special in the main room, and um, they were like, "Look, if you work the main room for this, it's a special deal," and and uh, you know, there's a certain dress code. And, and I remember, man, I went to Ross Dress for Less. And I was like, I need some black pants for under 10 bucks. How are we going to make that happen? <laughs> um, so I show up because I wanted to watch Carlin. And if I was going to watch someone, you know, he seemed like the guy to watch. I remember that weekend so well. First couple things I remember is it was in the main room. And there's three rooms in Comedy Store. There's a the main room. There's the original room, and there's the belly room. And the belly room is like a true workout room. It's actually where I I was there last night. I was doing a show called Stand Up on the Spot with uh, Jeremiah Watkins. It's his show. It, and it's just you stand on stage, and the audience screams out ideas for you to do a joke about, and you do that. And I have to tell you, I was – that frightens me more than anything, which is why I do it. Um, but, yeah, so – Carlin was doing a weekend in the main room to get ready for his special, and I was fascinated. I wanted to watch his process, you know? Uh, and the first thing I realized is uh they, they gave me a little rundown in the comedy store. They're like, look, and see those booths? And I said, Yeah. And they said, Nobody gets in there unless they tip you. Like, when you walk, when you walk in, start walking straight to the back. That was one of the things I forget the guy who trained me in there. He was like, because the main room's, in, you know. It's a pretty big room, and you can have good seats, and you can have seats that aren't as good. There are no bad seats in there, but you can have seats there. But with Carlin, people wanted good seats. But they said always, right when you get the ticket, start walking them to the back, even if the front's empty. And be like, whoa. And i them be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't sit up there and be like, nah, you know what? Most of those seats reserved, and you know what I mean? And then they would tip you. So it was such a crazy thing. They were tipping you for seats that they had already fucking... Ah, they didn't have to tip you for. <laughs> I mean, they didn't buy those particular seats, but you were the gatekeeper. It's pretty amazing. Um, and they had there's certain prices. Like someone would take out a twenty and be like, "Can we get the booth?" I'm like, "Not with a twenty, you can't." Oh, it was pretty. You made a little bit of a side hustle. But then Carlin went on stage, and he was nothing. This is great. It's so amazing about preparation as an artist. He was nothing like I thought he would be. Nothing. As a matter of fact, I thought he was going to be this free flowy, off the top of the head, conversational dude because that's kind of what it feels like when you watched him, you know? Um, But that wasn't his thing at all. He was so precise. Alright everybody, Mississippi Kid by Leonard Skinner The most underrated band of all time And I know they're great and people think they're great But people don't think they're great enough Most underrated band of all time I don't even know if they have a bad song How about that? So Carlin I thought he'd be this, but he was so precise To the letter he would tell you, hey, if I mess up a joke, right at the top. He goes, first of all, don't talk to me. I won't talk back. If you talk to me, you're going to be thrown out. Do not clap in the middle of my joke. I'll, I'll let you know when it's time for you to clap because he would do a little bow. Be, and this was not him being an asshole. This was his process. You know, by the end of his career, he did these long, ranty, soapboxy things that I guess he didn't want broken up by applause because he had probably had plenty of that in his career. Um. But he would say, "Don't talk to me," you know what I mean. He he, to the letter, because he he knew to the second how long he wanted this special to be. It was going to be an hour, and I think you know, by the time the end of the weekend, the last two shows were within like three or five seconds of each other. It was something crazy, but um, you know, I saw him do a joke, and he stepped on a couple words, and he literally went back to the beginning of the joke. And said, and if he messed up a word, he would go back. Or if he forgot a word, he would go back. It was so fascinating. But his act, I guess, must have been meticulously written out on a piece of paper because he was, he was so precise with it. I was, I was in awe because I knew that was never going to be. If you listen to this podcast or follow me at all, you know that's not going to be my process. I don't have the focus for that. I really don't have the focus for that. It was so interesting to do stand-up on the spot last night. I went up and Rogan went up right after me, Joe Rogan. And by the way, I, I, he's so smart. He's so smart. And he so, it's, it, it seems like he has such a crazy combination of discipline and curiosity, which I think are two great things to have, discipline and curiosity, an overabundance of both. It's it's super cool combination. Uh, but, but you know, it was interesting to watch him take take topics and, and really craft jokes, I guess. Or, or, or like someone uh, screamed out Tom Cruise. And, you know, he did a pretty funny run on Tom Cruise and Travolta and what it must be like to, you know, be gay and not be able to act on it and just some really... It's way funnier than I'm giving it credit for. Uh, He did a, a, a whole run on immigrant mentality, which was crazy. It was really funny. Funny. But when people throw suggestions at me, I use them to jimmy loose stories that are in my head and go, oh, okay. I wonder if I can tell that story on stage and make it entertaining. So, you know, it's, it, we use it in different ways, but that's the best thing about comedy. There is no one way to do this fucking thing. I am a straight-up storyteller. Some people don't like it, man. Some people don't like a seven- or eight-minute story, and they're like, that is the fucking worst. Or some people want hard, edgy, opinionated stuff, again. But that's the beautiful thing about comedy is that there's a little something for everybody, you know? So, come on, everybody. Springsteen, prove it all night. But I will say this, you know, the the, uh, overriding feeling that Mitzi gave to that comedy swerver, especially early days, guys. The early days, like I said, they were dark, dark, not packed all the time. But she encouraged you to try new material, to to step out of your comfort zone. I have to tell you, when I was very young in this town, I showcased for another place and I had the person who was in charge over there tell me, uh, don't talk about kids. Nobody wants to hear you talk about kids. I talk about going out with girls and stuff. And I was like, that's not my life, man. My life is, I'm living in, a, in one room with three kids. I'm not, I haven't seen a vagina in a long time. And he was like, no, 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 but people don't want to hear it. They want to hear you're young, you're hip. They go about. And I remember her telling me uh, after the second time she saw, she saw me, tell your story. Tell your story. Three words. Super powerful. Tell your story. Because I was doing kid stuff, but it was like really vanilla kid stuff. And I remember the first night, I had just had... There was too much happening at my house. And I and I couldn't afford therapy, and I just stepped on stage and used the stage as therapy. Um, you know, and ranted and had some real emotion and I got laughs but a different type of laugh and a different type of reception after the show with people coming up and talking to me and it dawned on me that yeah tell your story don't just tell jokes tell your story and so she really just with those three words pushed me down the road of the type of comic that I will have become which is to tell my story because i like doing that i I like it i i like that form i like i like figuring out stories you know what i mean like a puzzle and so she really helped me with that and and like i said she was in you were encouraged, especially when I first got to L.A. You were really encouraged on an off night, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, man, to go in there and not do jokes that you know work, to go in and fuck, fuck it up, see what happens. Now, listen, on a Tuesday night at the Comedy Store, you can't do that now. Arguably, Tuesday night at the Comedy Store is hands down the best lineup anywhere in the country for that week. Tuesday nights are better than Fridays and Saturdays at the store because everybody, you know, people travel. So you never know who's in town. But everybody's in town on Tuesday. Some people fly back in on Mondays and don't want to go out. Some people leave on Wednesday for Thursday press. Everybody is in town on Tuesdays. And she built... It is such a community. It really is. Unlike the Laugh Factory or the Improv, they don't have that... You're not a Laugh Factory comic or you're not an improv comic. Well, there are improv comics, but they're store guys. You know? They're store guys. And it's that family. It's that community that she built that when you walk into that place now, you fucking feel it. You feel it. Um, And, by the way, the band of heathens, Polaroid. It, it's... If you've never been out here and you've you've never watched a show at the comedy store, I really suggest you doing it. Right now is the renaissance age for comedy. I can't believe how many great fucking comedians are out there. Great. I go down to the store and watch, and I'm like, Oh, my God, this guy's good. Oh, this girl's good. Oh, that guy's so good. Like, it's just, boom. It's just killer after killer after killer. And it's really... Um, it took if I'm being honest it it the comedy store was hard for me for a little while because I, I honestly didn't feel like I belonged uh, when I was on Chelsea and those of you who saw me on the road when I was on Chelsea I apologize I wasn't that good I wasn't that good I had taken a bunch of time off as when I was writing on shows and um, when Chelsea Lately came back When Chelsea came on the air and I started being on TV, I stopped writing on shows and I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing stand up again. But my popularity because of the show rose faster than my ability. So anybody who saw me years ago uh, when I was on Chelsea and you're like, this dude's not funny. Come back and give it a different shot. (laughs) That's all I'm saying for both of us. (laughs) But man, I don't know that there'll be another spot like this for comics. I don't know. It's so unique, man. And there's so many great stories. And it's haunted as fuck. But I remember working that door, man, and watching. And watching. And watching. And watching what I didn't want to do and watching what I did want to do. And watching. Oh, I like that. Oh, that guy's really good. Oh, how does he do that? And I watched Storytellers. And I watched them appreciate the silence because the silence means people are listening. It's it was such an education. And I'm so grateful to her um for allowing me the opportunity to work at the comedy mecca, to work at the work out at the comedy gym, to every day, every time I pull in there, man. I feel special every time I pull in there i'm like I can't believe that I get to perform here. you know I can't believe my names on that fucking wall i can't there's so much stuff that is so fantastic and I'm not sitting here and saying you know I'm lucky and I, I don't deserve it and i don't I don't believe that's true I've worked really hard and deserves got nothing to do with it, but I do feel grateful and humbled to be part of that community Um, and I've especially lately felt more and more appreciative of being able to do this as a fucking job come on you know and I think I've said this before on this podcast oh god Jesus Iggy and the Stooges you guys like Iggy Pop give me danger so um I think I've said this before but I'll, it's worth saying again, because this has been about comedy. Every time I walk on stage and I look in the audience, I I am stunned that those people left their house to come see me. I, if I write down on a list, people that I would pay money to leave the house and go see, yo, you know whose name not on there? Fucking me. <laughs> yeah. So... What a humbling thing for me. And maybe it's just as you get older you start to appreciate it, but I just want you guys to know I don't I don't take this for granted. And I don't take you for granted. And um and I've really started to appreciate the art of this more and the people who do it so well. I I And if people by the way people have asked me before why I haven't been on Rogan's podcast and Look, man, that's it. It's his empire. It's his, and and Joe and I aren't. We know each other. We've known each other a long time, but I wouldn't say we're friends. You know what I mean? So I don't know, guys. I don't know, and I, I'm not implying it's anything nefarious, like the dude hates me or anything. That's not it. But like, it does. It's not a. It's a non-issue. And I know a lot of people have reached out recently. Complete non-issue, everybody. Um, his podcast, his show. He puts the people on it that he finds interesting that, i completely understand that i would do the same if i had the biggest podcast in the world i would do the same exact fucking thing and the reason it's the biggest podcast in the world is because that's how he's always run it so zero complaints here but i will say that i i lately i'm more and more in awe of the people that i you know guys like and the reason i bring up brogan and burr and guys like that so much when i'm talking about comedy is because it's comedy that i don't do and i know some of you're like what funny comedy yes no like the way they attack jokes and they have an edge and an anger not even maybe an anger but uh, a uh uh well bill's got some anger but i'm not it's just not my who am i you know and i've tried those kind of things they just don't come off as genuine and so that's why like I look at them and be like, man, I wish I could. When I watched Joe last night, I was like, man, I wish I could attack a topic like the way he does. It's just not the way I approach comedy. It's such a fascinating art. And if you really pay attention, so many different ways to go about it. And so many great people out there that I'm just, I feel so lucky to be, you know, wherever i am on this wave so in somewhere in the on the lower two or three rungs i'm fucking happy as long as i'm on the wave everybody and um the, i will tell you something else by the way uh completely independent on this and, and i just want to say one last you know thank you to mitzi for everything that you've done for me and everybody else and thank you for giving us all us oddballs and fucking weirdos a place where we think where we belong zach brown band junkyard Um so okay. Guys, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Not about this podcast. You know how I feel about this. This is our diary. Mine and yours. This is it. I I this is for us. I I love our little group. You know, I don't really promote this podcast. I don't I have guests on when it's somebody I feel like it or if I just feel like talking to you for half an hour. That's how I do it. This is great. Uh, This is it's zero pressure, which I love zero. This is really just fun. Guys, my farts were so bad today. This isn't what I want to talk to you about, but I just I just let one go and I may have to change seats. They were so bad that I took a special trip to Whole Foods to crop dust people. Oh, you heard me. Why Whole Foods? I think you know why. So. Oh, it was just fun. It's fun to hear people in the other aisle be like, what the fuck? It's fun. Like, the whole thing is fun. It makes me laugh, everybody. I like stupid, s- silly shit like that. And speaking of stupid, silly shit, this is what I want to get to. My new show, Control Chaos, on Twitch TV. I have had, between the Control Chaos and the High Live, I've had a couple of comments about, Hey, man. Hey, you're a grown-up now. You, just, you You know, time to grow up. Guys. If growing up means that not having fun anymore, well, I'm not going to fucking do that. This is These are the things that make me laugh. I don't care if I'm 20 or I'm 80. I like weird, silly shit. That is never going to change. It is never going to change. And you telling me to grow up, guess what? Eat dicks. And that's not going to change either. I like what I like. You like what you like. What the fuck? Go do your thing. Please, you guys, if you can, <clears throat> Check out Control Chaos It is <coughs> Loose, weird, fun I, and we've only done, we did one beta show And we did one, the premiere was last night It's on my Facebook fan page Man, if you could go give it a look It's really bizarre I promise, you know, there's we're still figuring out What we do well and what we don't do well And it was even a little too off the rails for me But I will rein it in. It's been super loose up front uh, just to kind of see what would happen. But um, if you guys could do me a favor and tell tell a couple people, it's weird. By the way, the band that was on, the band, the hip-hop group that was on last night, Jacob's Friends, they all work at Jersey Mike's together. They performed, and this dude, was re- he was spitting fire. It was a hip-hop group. They were so fucking good. And uh, somebody from a label reached out to me today and was like, hey, do you have the info for those guys? They were pretty fucking good. Or a, a record company, whatever. I don't know. But that's great. That's the kind of shit we want to do. Last night's show was Banana Cakes. Maryland Rice Cub. Kate Quigley, Amir K, who was on Mad TV, Avery Pearson. We do a lot of fucking weird shit. And you can see Drunk or High on there. Come on, everybody. If you could do me this one solid. Tell everybody, control chaos. Come check it out. Twitch.tv forward slash gaghead. That's G-E-G-G-H-E-A-D. Or just check out my Facebook fan page. Top, right at the top of the page, right underneath the, the prank joke. Is, that, is the show. All right, coming up, guys, I've got many weeks in a row. I've got, this week, Raleigh, North Carolina. Next week, good question. San Diego, California, 420 weekend. Oh, you heard me. Weekend after that, I just added a date, a little theater in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania, on Thursday the 26th. And then Friday the 27th and Saturday the 28th, I'm in New York City at Gotham Comedy Club. The first week in uh, May, I'm in Denver, everybody. I will be bringing Jacob Wolf with me. Don't fucking miss that one. The week after that, Cleveland. The week after that, the Addison Improv in Texas. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the High Lives. Thank you for, for, for listening to uh, Fairly Normal. And thank you for being the coolest group of people that I think that I've ever had the fucking pleasure of uh, of talking to. Super chill. By the way, my buddy pointed out to me that on my last Fairly Normal podcast, I mentioned that I... Um, well, that's the Guitar Center, I bet, telling me that my guitar's ready. Um, mentioned that I, in the read for the Uh, uh, hymns.com. I I might have said Go get Some 22 year old dick Who doesn't like 22 year old dick I realized that What I was I I think most of you (laughs) Listening know what I meant by that I meant that the ED Medicine will give you A 22 year old dick Not that you had to go find Somebody else's 22 year old dick You know what I'm saying just, just yeah. <laughs> all right everybody mitzi short thank you very much for everything everybody else you know i love you and we'll talk soon oh and you know what else don't forget if you want mac weldon's i'm gonna give you a, a, the new code chaos c-h-a-o-s chaos is for controlled chaos people you get 20% off of Mac Weldon's best underwear. But the thing I want to tell you, they have new hoodies which are out of this fucking world good. If you're a hoodie fan, these hoodies are soft like butter, baby. Come on down. 20% off. Type in CHAOS, C-H-A-O-S, all caps in the promo code macweldon.com. See you out there, everybody.